0: Hey, welcome to TESOL Pop. My name is Laura and joining me today to talk about studying TESOL is admissions officer Farah Ung and teacher trainer Kevin Clare. Now Kevin you'll remember from episode three of season two where he talks about teaching young learners online and Farah is actually it's her first time on the podcast so Farah fields questions from trainees and teachers about qualifications in TESOL in her day-to-day job as well as processes hundreds of applications to certificate and diploma level courses. So thank you very much both you coming on the show and welcome.
1: Thank you.
2: Thank you for inviting us.
0: Farah, in your day-to-day job, what would you say are the three top questions you get asked by prospective trainees?
2: So the first question that they would ask is, what are the options for studying TESOL for new teachers? And the second question is, what is the difference between Cambridge CELTA and Trinity Cert TESOL? And the third question is, what are the benefits of studying for a qualification? like
0: Mr. TESOL. I've definitely been asked these questions before haven't you Kevin?
1: Yeah many many times. So let's deal with the first question. What options are there for studying TESOL for new teachers? Laura?
0: Mm, there's quite a lot out there isn't there in terms of if you type in TEFL or TESOL course online you'll get quite a lot of options from online courses that may be only 20 hours, 100 hours, uh, fully self-paced online to courses that we run such as the Trinity Cert so that involves teaching practice as part of the the qualification course.
2: I've heard that there are university courses out there that are for TESOL too.
0: Laura can you speak about yeah, this? There are I mean it's obviously quite a range isn't there it depends on the university and what they're offering so you may even do uh, a TESOL unit as part of your degree if you're doing applied linguistics and education maybe it's a module that you do or if you're doing a master's in TESOL, then, of course, there may or may not be teaching practice that's part of that. So there's quite a lot of variety out there from, you know, fully online courses that are quite short university level courses to, you know, you've got the Trinity College London and the Cambridge CELTA that are short term intensive teaching practice courses. And that's just covering us. I mean, that's a small amount, isn't there? There's lots of other exam boards as well.
1: Yeah. And what what are the important considerations to think about when you're looking at, for example, an online course? Because there are just so many. Uh, You're spoiled for choice and you don't really know which ones are going to be good quality or not.
0: That's true, isn't it? I think it's important to do a bit of research to find out what the reviews are, what people say, and actually really look into what the content of the course is. What does it cover? Are you just looking for an introduction to TESOL, in which case you're looking for maybe something about language awareness, grammar, phonology, vocabulary, that kind of thing, as well as teaching skills. And maybe there's an add-on where you can do teaching practice as well and get feedback from uh, an observer as, as part of, of, of a an additional package perhaps I mean I don't want to discredit these online courses they're really good if you're exploring this as an option so when I was um, when I just first graduated university I did one of these short like weekend courses that was face to face along with an online grammar course um, and teaching skills course and it really gave me a taste of, of what I was getting into without a huge expense which I didn't have the money at the time having finished university And from there, I was able to, you know, get my first kind of teaching jobs. And I found I really enjoyed it. And therefore, I went on to invest in, you know, more internationally recognized qualifications. Did you do something similar at all, Kevin? Or did you always know you wanted to be a teacher and just like, well, I'm just going to invest? I
1: actually studied journalism and then um, wanted to teach in a foreign country for a year. And Uh. I just dived straight into the CELTA.
0: I didn't even know about the CELTA until I started teaching and um, my director of studies actually told me about um, these internationally recognised qualifications and how I should move towards them or do a, you know, a university course or, or, and or do a university course as well if I want to stay in the, the industry long term. So I just had no idea. So yeah. I think I was one of those people that just did a Google search. I was like, oh, online TEFL. Yeah, this sounds right. <laughs> yep.
1: I did. I did online TEFL course nearest to my home and uh, a CELTA provider turned up and that's where I went.
0: Oh, that's lucky then. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. Now I've got a question about the university courses. Uh, I know a few people who have done uh, master's in TESOL. Um, I know someone who's done a doctorate in TESOL. Uh, how practical are these courses i'm sure you get a lot of um, ground that's covered but how practical are they
0: i think it varies a lot doesn't it because like it depends on the university whether they include teaching practice so i do know there are mat soul courses out there that do have a a practical element where you have to journal about your experience maybe you have somebody come and observe you Um, but it varies greatly from provider to provider do you know much about these at all farah
2: Actually, um, I've heard how um some people who have a TSOL degree, and then they would still ask, oh, should I do the Trinity or TESOL? And then I would tell them that like, basically, there is like how there's an online component, and then there's a teaching practice component. And then they're like, they would tell me, oh, actually, I've only done the theoretical component, but not the teaching practice. Mm-hmm. So that's why um, they found us. And that's why they're um, thinking of doing our course
0: and it may solely be, for that it's, reason, yeah, and it may be like attached to a career opportunity where a prospective employer would like to have some sort of teaching practice as part of their studies and qualification, or maybe it's for a promotion or something like that. Um, often, a lot of employers are well. If you're employing a your teacher, you you want to know that they've done some sort of teaching practice, right? I think that's quite yeah. logical.
1: Yeah. I think, I think a very important distinction here that we can draw then is some courses will have teaching practice and some won't. Um, yeah. And you do need to just make that decision whether you want uh, assessed teaching practice or not.
2: The second question that I often would receive is, what is the difference between Cambridge and Trinity courses, such as the CELTA and the CERTISO?
0: Yeah, um, I get asked that question quite, question quite a lot. Kevin, yeah, what, yeah. how would you describe the difference between these two courses?
1: There are a lot of similarities between the Trinity Cert TESOL and the CELTA courses. But then there are a few key differences. And I think the most marked difference is the unknown language journal assignment. In the CELTA, you have one hour of unknown language instruction and you talk about the methodology, but you're not required to submit an assignment afterwards. Yeah. On the CERTESOL, you have four hours of unknown language class and you have to write a journal entry after each hour and a final reflection, and you are required to reflect on the methodologies used by the foreign teacher um, and use that to apply how you, to apply to your teaching skills and carry that forward in the course. There is also a difference in the amount of focus that's paid to the phonology element in the CERT and the CELTA.
0: Yeah, I think there's different requirements um, on the course validations yeah. for the number of hours, although there is flexibility in terms of course providers and how much they want to focus, but maybe the limit's a bit lower for the CELTA. I certainly don't remember doing as many phonology sessions in my CELTA course that I did back in Edinburgh. I had no. a few, but not as many as what we provide on the CERT
1: yeah, we had two, as far as I remember. I remember, I very clearly remember doing the IPA chart. Yeah. Um, and then there was another section on phonology, but it wasn't nearly as big a focus as it is um, on the uh, TESOL, to my memory. Yeah,
0: yeah. You, uh, no, it's the same for me. I only did like one hour of Russian as my own language, uh, whereas um, I see your lessons in Susutu on the unknown Una- language journal for the cert so and that's obviously spread over four hours of study. Yeah, yeah. So it is a lot more in depth. But having said that, the, you know, they're both level five qualifications, they're internationally recognised, Uh, There's just some slight differences and you can obviously just research these by going to the Cambridge or the Trinity College London website and finding out what the learning objectives are and comparing and contrasting these two as they do update them every once in a while anyway. So it's good that you do actually go to the website and check, check them out. And you'll also be able to find where the nearest registered providers are near you as well by going to the actual websites.
1: Finally, one of the questions that always comes up, and this is because customers want to get a good deal and they really want to know um, what they're going to get out of the course. So what are the benefits of gaining a qualification in TESOL?
2: People can apply for better job prospects or basically some people would come to us with zero experience and then they would want a career change. Mm -hmm. So they would go from one career to another and they're completely new to the education industry. Yeah. So,
0: what, what would you say is the most common uh, career background that people who are changing in, into teaching are from? Do you, do you Have you noticed like there's a profile particularly here in Hong Kong?
2: So I've received applications that could range from engineers, architects, and um, wow. yeah, and even just professors. Really. Yeah.
1: I oh. I think it's I think it's incredibly diverse because yeah. I have in, I have interviewed um former CEOs. I've interviewed um, construction workers. I have interviewed um, teachers who are just upgrading their qualifications mm-hmm. um, and yeah, I, I don't think there is actually a, a profile of who wants to do the CERT TESOL. I think it's people who've just realized they would really like to explore teaching or they have a passion, and this is what they want to do. And they know that the CERT TESOL or the CELTA, uh, a really well-structured TESOL course, is going to make them much more employable and uh, make them a lot more attractive to potential employers.
0: In your experience, Kevin, of your story and journey in TSOL, did you find that was the case for you? So you studied your CELTA. What, what happened after that?
1: Absolutely. Um, I felt that it put me ahead of the pack by having a CELTA mm. um, because it's so, inter- so internationally recognized in um, this industry. So if you have a CELTA or a CER TESOL, people immediately know what it is. And it mm. is synonymous with quality. And they know that um, you will have been, trained properly and that you've got a lot of teaching experience and I found that job offers came quite quickly in teaching.
0: What was your first job after graduating with your CELTA?
1: I taught for a language school in northeastern China in a small city called Da Qing, where the winters get down to about minus 40 something.
0: <laughs> That's quite a change from Australia wow. isn't it? <laughs> yeah, Perth
1: to, Perth to Da Qing. my parents were quite shocked when I showed them the map.
0: Hmm. Actually, same with mine when I said that I was going to Guangzhou to, to go and teach yeah. again. They're like, what, you going back? Yeah.
1: My but grandparents still don't really know good. where Guangzhou is. Really? <laughs> <laughs> We've lived there for nearly 10 years.
0: <laughs> Great. So I think the advice we can leave our listeners with then today is to A, do your research, find out what, what courses are available, go to the actual websites for reputable organisations such as Cambridge and Trinity to find out where the course providers are look at the learning objectives and compare and contrast to find out what's right for you. Any other lasting tips? any other final final thoughts that you want to summarize with Farah or Kevin?
1: The best advice I got was if you are serious about getting a job in um, the ESL industry or, or the teaching industry, then you want to have a reputable course behind your name. And uh, that would be one that, like you said, is run by a reputable provider and is internationally recognized because that's what puts you ahead.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm what far? Kevin
2: said. What basically what Kevin said. And even if people who have experience in teaching and or have no experience in teaching, they can still do the certisol. So that's a great opportunity.
0: I love the fact that you're promoting the Cert T so that's what you, you work for you're, you're trinity through and through <laughs> that's fine, that's fine that's okay there, good thanks very much guys for, for joining today and sharing your advice um, this is really valuable for people that are considering coming into the industry or may have been in it a while who are listening, who are considering you know, what their next steps are so if you have a question maybe I should say bye to you guys first so bye, thanks for coming on the, on the podcast thanks very much thank you for having me yeah thank you for having me too if you have a question that you'd like us to answer then you can contact us by sending us a message on the website tesolpop.com or contact us on facebook or instagram